That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Commissioner Cooper, and it is week three coming up, and what a crazy week two we just had, and I know some of you need to hit that waiver wire, including myself, so we got a lot to discuss, we got Doc Miller in for injuries, we're going to talk some winners, we're going to talk some leaders, we're going to talk flops, we're going to talk about Thursday night football, it's time for TSS Fantasy! <laughs> It's time for TSS Fantasy. Football players, you don't have to take a shower to go to work. There it is. That is a great thing tonight, indeed. <laughs> no Freddie in the building, though, so we're all right. Look, we got a couple of guests in the house tonight for the waiver wire edition. First, let's get the introduction started. Welcome to the studio, Chris Fox. He's not what you call a moron. If you miss, if you uh, caught him on Wake Up with TSS on Sunday, welcome into the studio, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you. I try not to be a moron. I appreciate being invited on the show. Looking forward to it. Let's get this thing rolling, boys. We we're excited to have you. Facebook user. Unfortunately, I wish that would come up. I'd like to shout you out. Appreciate you guys coming in. Yeah, indeed. Davis. David. Di oh, God, I was going to screw up your last name. I do it every time. Welcome in the studio, my friend. Hey, thanks, man. And uh, yeah, Chris is only half a moron. He's a Steelers fan, so he's all good there. But Ohio State. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, a little arch rivalry to start things out. And the wife agreed the not a moron segment was great indeed. I have to say that was I agree, my dear. Um, all right, we're in the house tonight. Welcome in. Welcome in, guys. We do appreciate you. Well, let's get things started here tonight. Let's pay the bills first. Go to tssfantasy.com. We'll have our rankings up here soon. I didn't get to mine just yet. Probably look for them tomorrow, to be honest. But go ahead. We'll check it out for next week um, coming up here in week three. Also, go to uh, Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code TSS. We'll double that deposit up to $100. So always good stuff there. Jazz Sportsbooks. We got lots of great daily and weekly um prizes and all kind of stuff going on with jazz sportsbook so use our promo code there as well and if you're looking for some championship link for your fantasy champion look no further than pro and belts they have all some great stuff for you so make sure you get it and check that out all right so as we alluded to a lot of injuries we know what happened last night it's been talking about it all day so let's bring in the doc. I don't want to get all too excited about it, unfortunately, because that was a really devastating injury, Nick Chubb. Let's bring in the doc and talk some inch. The doctor is in, and I just called injuries inch. Check that out. All right. Welcome in, my friend. Oh, man, like I said last night, devastating injury to Nick Chubb. I figured that's where we'll start tonight. Um, let's talk about Nick Chubb and his future. Yeah, so the image, I think, that captured a lot of attention, aside of the shot to the knee itself, was him sitting on the cart heading off the field. And, and his face right there, it's just pure devastation, right? I mean, this is a guy who's probably at that point evaluating his entire future. So if we, we rewind to 2015, I think everybody's aware he had a pretty significant knee injury then. He tore his PCL, his MCL, and his LCL. So three of the four major ligaments of the knee. This was in 2015 when he was 19. We actually talked about this a little bit in the offseason percent to of the bench. And we went on just to say it's amazing he was playing at such a high level after that injury eight years ago, right? So as of this afternoon, he's officially out for the season, going to have surgery, but this is not a surprise to anybody, right? They haven't yet disclosed what structures are going to be repaired or when the surgery is going to be. 
but it might not be right away. There might be a period of time where we let some of that swelling, some of that real acute inflammation go down before they proceed to uh, do any type of surgery on it. So if we're speculating that hyperextension injury where the knee goes backwards can injure pretty much any one of those four major ligaments, in this case, likely multiple injuries there. So if we look at players who've had this type of injury and not come back from it, at least not come back to a high level, we look at Mackenzie Milton, the UCF quarterback a couple of years ago. We look at Marcus Lattimore playing at South Carolina a couple of years ago. We look at players who have come back from this. Two come to mind. One's not a football player. Sean Livingston from the Golden State Warriors came back. And also 19-year-old Nick Chubb came back. But we're not dealing with 19-year-old Nick Chubb right now. We're at 27-year-old Nick Chubb. And uh, couldn't have happened to a better guy, and my heart does go out to him. Yeah, uh, Wills McGahey comes to mind as well. He did come back, but he, you know, he still wasn't quite the athlete he was. And that was a young, obviously, Wills McGahey as well, as you uh, mentioned. So, yeah, it's going to be tough for him to climb back um, from this. Guys, you have, uh, Chris, you had a uh, comment on this? Well, I wanted to ask the doc because it's 27 as opposed to, like, say, a 33 or a 34 um, and so being that it happened before, you know, those of us not in the know, like yourself, we would think that there's no chance, but this guy's obviously an elite athlete. He is at least 27 as opposed to 30 something. How much is that going to weigh in, like, you know, increase his ability to at least get back to a playing level? Yes. Yeah, so I think that works in his favor to an extent, but this injury is not an isolated ACL. I mean, we're looking likely at the PCL, likely because there was this inward force of this valgus force, likely the MCL as well. Um, so I'm, I'm a little less hopeful and a little less optimistic given that we have a multi-ligamentous injury. I think the one thing we can maybe be uh, comforted by is that there doesn't appear to be, based on any of the initial reports, any damage to the major artery back there, the popliteal artery. So great news is he doesn't have any likely long-term damage to the foot and leg, but I, I don't have any optimism of him coming back at a high level, even though he's only 27. It's just crazy to see that. I, I kind of have to, you know, applaud the sports world, uh, the fantasy players, that, because the focus has been on Nick Chubb and not people's fantasy rosters. And that is, of course, something, you know, from a fun aspect that we do uh, look at and we think about, but I, all the initial reaction and stuff that we've seen has been for Nick Chubb. It's been in Nick Chubb's favor, prayers and hopes and good vibes and stuff, all that to Nick Chubb. And I just think that's such a great thing because when you're, you look at a guy like Nick Chubb, he plays at such a high level and so many athletes do play at such a high level. But in today's, you know, contract money world, you hear so much trash talk, so much you see the people holding out, you see the guys, um, you know, trying to look out for themselves and, one of the big, um, I guess, running themes with Nick Chubb is nobody really has ever seen that from him. He's not one of these guys that's trash talking. He's not one of these guys that holds out. He's just a grinder. He goes out. He knows, you know, he happens to have the skill, and he just goes out and uses it to the best of his ability. Uh, you know, all accounts, he's you know a, a really great guy, a great teammate. But even a, from the fans' point of view, it, it, it's just really sad to see somebody of that caliber at that talent level and just to be able to carry themselves the way they do, you know, they always say it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Uh, I don't know the guy personally, but from a sports standpoint, I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at here. It's, it's just really sad. And as you mentioned, you know, plotting the sports world, like, you know, Joe Buck uh, did a good job last night, just basically like, yeah, we're not showing that. Um, mm -hmm. I know sitting there and I talked to my buddy Craig this morning on the phone, he didn't actually see it. Um, but he, you know, he knew something happened. So we're talking on the phone and his reaction was the same reaction I had when Joe Buck said it was, I think he used the word catastrophic, something to that effect to where I went. <gasps> and so did Craig. When I told Craig this, uh, that my buddy, the same, his, he had the same like breathtaking, like, no, like, like someone yeah. like, you knew. And it's just, it's crazy. Um, but that was the, like you said, that was the focus was on him as the player and again yeah plotting the sports world for that david you got anything um follow up with that well it wasn't just us and individuals i mean the whole stadium when they put that up there they the whole stadium had that that same reaction 
Uh, the only thing I have to say about a comeback, again, with this injury being multiple ligaments and coming having the second time, and he's 27, unfortunately, the running back landscape these days where they're just recycling them and not paying them, it's just highly unlikely. He'd have to come back and perform at almost the same level he was for, for them to, unfortunately, it's a money business in the end. Indeed, indeed. All right, Doc. Well, who else we got on the house call tonight? All right. Nothing else is that depressing. Let's move to Saquon <laughs> Barkley. So early reports were that Barkley was going to be out for up to three weeks with a lateral ankle sprain, uh, which media reports today were calling just a regular ankle sprain. But that's that lateral ankle, not the high ankle that we talk about frequently. But a couple of hours ago, I started seeing reports that he has not been ruled out for Thursday. With that in mind, however, I don't feel personally confident we're going to see him Thursday. I've already moved him to the bench. He's on my roster. But it's not out of the picture that he could play Thursday night. Not counting on it, but it's possible. Interesting. Um, you know, if you need Matt Breida, although, again, I think you have all heard everyone else, this matchup's not a greatest matchup to throw Matt Breida in your lineup. So, you know, again, I would just kind of hold off on that one. Plenty other guys, and we'll get to that later, that you can sneak in in that waiver wire for you. So we'll talk about that later. Okay, Doc, who else we got? Yeah, Austin Eckler. So ankle sprain kept him out of week two. And as of now, there's no timeline on his return. I don't think anybody at this point is expecting to see him play at least week three and possibly longer, given, again, this no timeline. It's, it's a little concerning for Eckler owners. It's not. It's concerning because he's been one of those guys that have had that injury, you know, history. And then last year, um, you know, he was balls to the wall and healthy and did great. Oh, he's got all these workout videos. So I, my perception of him changed. And now we seem to be back to square one again. So crazy, crazy as that is. And Josh Kelly um, right now didn't really look all that great. So um, we'll see how that works out. Uh, who else we got, Doc? So Odell Beckham Jr. left the game this weekend with an ankle sprain, um, but it's not expected to keep him out week three, so that's good news. We got a bunch of guys in concussion protocol, so I'm going to zip through them. Right now, Anthony Richardson, Jalen Waddell, and Logan Thomas, all in concussion protocol. Devonta Adams passed. He will be available for week number three. So three yet to be Indeed. determined. Watch those reports later. Yeah, and those head injuries are weird, unfortunately. I think, you know, Brian mentioned on one of the shows um, when you're going into practice, if they just can't do simple conditioning without being asymptomatic, um, you have no shot to come back, quite frankly. So just something to watch out for some of those guys. Jalen Waddle, uh, for example, that came out of really nowhere. I didn't really even notice it, yeah. um, to be honest. So that that one was kind of strange. We saw Anthony Richardson. Man, he's exciting. And Logan Thomas, he, we'll talk about him on the waiver wire here in a little bit. But he's somebody to get excited about. And especially if um, he can come back and he's a healthy, um, he's looking pretty good in this offense, quite frankly. So. Um, all right, Doc, anyone else? Yeah, so here's somebody who's underperformed this year, Joe Burrow. So offseason concerns about his calf, and now he's a questionable for Monday Night Football in Week 3, still with the calf situation. Um, this is a big letdown, you know, for Bengals fans, for Burrow owners. Didn't see this coming and limiting him this far into the season, but it's certainly concerning that he's questionable at this point. Darnell Mooney, knee bruise knocked him out for Week 2, should not keep him out for Week 3. And lastly, uh, Montgomery from Detroit, he himself said he would need a couple of weeks to recover from his thigh bruise, but he's officially listed at day-to-day. -day. Don't be surprised to see him play this weekend. Man, oh, man. A lot of interesting well, – again, we're going to talk about this waiver wire, but a lot of these injuries are causing us to hit this wire early. This is where you make or break your fantasy season, so let's get on it. Doc, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. And good luck, my friend. Here, guys. All right, we're going to move on. Let's talk about some weekly leaders. <laughs> weekly leaders, indeed. Let's get on it. Well, right now in the QB department, we had some guys that kind of stepped up and then some guys that, you know, stepped up for fantasy, but not quite for their team. Kirk Cousins, he had a pretty decent fantasy game. He had 36 points. 
364 yards, four TDs. Daniel Jones, a great game, 33 points as well, 321 yards. Um, Russell Wilson, 31 points. Jared Goff, 28. Josh Allen also had a great night, um, as a well, great day, I'm sorry, as well. Um, so, again, these QBs are some surprises, some not no surprises. What do you think? Let's go around. Chris, I'll go to you first. Give me a guy you, you, you notice out of this weekly leader thing here. What's going on? Give me a guy you like. Well, for me, it's it's got to be Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, he's, he's the easy answer. He's the low-hanging fruit. He's the only top 10 guy from week one to finish in the top 10 in week two. The interesting group or the interesting thing about this group of quarterbacks this year uh, and this week after week two, the top 10 uh, quarterbacks in week two, Kirk Cousins is the only one from week one. Everybody else had to move up double digits to make it into the top 10. For instance, Daniel Jones at that number one spot went up 27 spots. Uh, Wilson went up 13. Hurts went up 15. Dobbs, of course, went up uh, 27. Everybody in the top 10 moved up a minimum of 13 spots this week. And then you talk about the top guys uh, from last week moving down. Jordan Love goes down 13 spots. Mac Jones goes down 21 spots. Brock Purdy goes down 14 spots. Um, so the the diversity between week one and week two, what it tells us really about the QB position and all the positions is that we're in week two. Okay, we, it's, it's still time to overreact. Guys are still gelling. The starters don't really get a lot of work in the preseason, so this is their preseason. We know it takes three, four weeks to get the ball rolling. Of course, the one that we're really going to be watching right now is Joe Burrow because uh, both the Vikings and the Bengals are looking at 0-3, and 0-2 isn't a death sentence, but 0-3 is uh, about as close as it gets. Yeah, deep. The law of averages. I spoke about it on Sunday. I said it was going to be get right Sunday. It really was the law of average Sunday because some of those guys, as you mentioned, that were great on week one, weren't so great in week two and vice versa. Um, David, so give me some guys that you want to point out here in the leader group QB spot. Uh, so I like Jared Goff. I feel like he's you know, on the up and up and he plays in a division where, I mean, there's not really a defense that scares me green Bay, maybe a little bit, but two games against the bears and two games against uh, the Vikings defense, their offense looks nice, but their defense isn't stopping anybody or scaring anybody. Uh, the one I don't like on here is Daniel Jones. Uh, as much as I like his upside, he had to play hero ball against the Arizona Cardinals who are, you know, looking better than they should considering <laughs> You know, they're supposed to be trying to uh, dive Tank. on the season here. Tank, right. there you go. Uh, it's kind of why I like him, though, because he, he, they're going to be playing from behind all season. They are. They are. But now, I mean, they, they, he just doesn't have weapons. Listen, as much as I like him, he's not Matthew Stafford, all right? He's going against the Niners <laughs> this year. Stafford, he doesn't. Jones doesn't have somebody named Puka and Tutu to, to, to help him out, all right? <laughs> <laughs> like he, I, he's he's a sit for me this week against the Niners for sure, and possibly oh, yeah. further going forward. Just again because of his his uh, his team around him, they need to give him more weapons. Yeah, it's all about matchups. Um, I do like that uh, Chris Fox with uh, I gotta like Kirk Cousins again. I got the weapons as David alluded to, and shitty D. Gotta like Kirk Cousins all the way around. Um, we talked about that preseason as well. Let's move on to the running back position. Brian Robinson Jr., 28 points. Kyrie Williams, 27. DeAndre Swift with 26 earlier in the week. Saquon, 26. Raheem Mostert from America's team, 25 points on the day. Some good stuff here. Um, David, we'll start with you on this one. Give me some guys that stuck out to you in the uh, running back leaderboard. Well, I'm I'm a little butthurt about Brian Robinson because I had a lot of Antonio Gibson and I had like one or two shares of Brian Robinson and I sat them this week as well and then he went off. Uh, so I'm a little butthurt by him. Uh, but they're obviously using him. They're giving him the work. They're not. It's not a, a shared backfield like everybody suspected it would be. Uh, Kyron Williams also. I mean, the Rams are just looking like they're not as bad as everybody expected them to be. They were supposed to be, I mean, other, if the Cardinals weren't in that division, they were supposed to be the worst team in that division and they're not looking that way. Uh, Swift. I like him. I don't like his situation. Uh, I just feel like they're, no matter what they're, they're 
going for the end of the season, we were talking about it earlier. They don't want to, uh, you know, just rely on one back. They're not going to run him into the ground. They're going to keep rotating him, which is great for the team, not for fantasy owners. What about for you, Mr. Fox? Give me some guys on that leaderboard that you uh... – well, I think I, you know, I can give you all the guys, and because, uh, and what I mean by that is, all five of these guys, I don't think a single one of them are going to finish as the RB one, and yet they're all in the top five this week. Again, the inconsistency between week one and week two as teams start rolling up. I think the one guy that could be in the top ten uh, and could be in the conversation for the top five is, of course, Kyron Williams, who just kind of walks into the job. Obviously, Sean McVay has some issue with Cam Akers. They don't meet eye to eye. Honestly, I just don't think Cam Akers is that good, and that's probably the biggest issue. Uh, and so Kyron, you know, has the job. Cam could have started this week. He, he could have played, and they just said he's not going to. So, you know, the writing's on the walls. Uh, Sean McVay comes out today, said, yeah, trade, sure, let's go. And, uh, you know, Kyron's going to be the guy to watch along with Puka. But when we talk about these running backs, um, I hope you went out and got some shares of Kyron. I know I did because uh, he's going to be the number one guy in the backfield. And and when we talk, get into the Puka talk, we're going to have to talk about Cup coming back. But Kyron doesn't have that problem. There's nobody breathing down his neck. He's got that job. It's his offense at that running back position. And, oh, by the way, uh, he catches balls. Uh most uh, six of his points this week, actually 10 of his points, six receptions, 48 yards. Um, you know, so 10 of his 28 points this week is RB2, RB2 in the league. You want your running back to catch the ball. He can do it. And for right now, he's doing it well. Kyron Williams, wow. Like, yeah, I'm all about him, all kind of stock in him. So if he is for some reason in that waiver wire of yours, make sure he's your first priority. Um, and Cam Akers owners, I would just say chill, just wait. The way this running back landscape's working out right now, you never know what lineup he Cam Akers lines up in. And hey, who knows? Maybe different place, different leadership, different position. You never know what might turn out. Maybe don't not. Be <laughs> really don't, don't be a moron. Straight a moron. Great. I guess that's coming this week, apparently. All right, uh, let's go to receivers. Keenan Allen. I mean, this is like the old school to start with. Keenan yeah. Allen, 31. Mike Evans, 29. T. Higgins made it back with 28. Nico Collins, 27. And I can't ignore Puka Nakua, 29 points. I mean, this kid is on fire for real. What do you think? Anyone sticking out other than Puka Nakua? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave Puka to, to everybody else. I'm going to let someone else, you know, other people talk about his 15 receptions for 150 yards. Um, I'm going to go with Nico Collins because Nico Collins is one of those guys that was very polarizing in the offseason. He either was or he wasn't. Uh, people were on board or just not on board at all. And he has shown up. He's, you know, number five this week. He's in the top 10 for the season. Um, you know, number six uh, is where he sits for the season. C.J. Stroud isn't winning rookie of the year. C.J. Stroud isn't going to blow the doors off. But C.J. Stroud did throw the most yards this week at 384. Um, and a lot of that, 226 of those went to Nico Collins uh, for the season. Um, it, clearly he's the, you know, one of the guys tank also did well, you got Houston, such a horrible team. You got CJ Stroud, you know, the rookie, um, on, on again, such a bad team. And this week you've got two Houston receivers inside the top 15, uh, as I think T tank finished 13, it, you know, this is the type of setup that you want from a fantasy aspect. So you want teams that are going to have to play from behind that are going to uh you know have to have to throwing the ball a lot they just have to be able to do it well and so far Houston uh is from a fantasy perspective at the wide receiver room they're getting it done I Nico Collins there he is I love it I love it David anyone sticking out to you in the leaderboard there I mean Keenan Allen has always been great in, in my opinion as long as he's healthy and that's been his issue and Mike Evans I I have as many shares of him as possible. I was a little bit higher on Baker than most people in the offseason. Uh, but give me all the Nico and, and the Tank Dell. I actually am in a few uh, dynasties that I took over that were definitely in need of some help. I have several first-round picks over the next couple of years, and I'm one and one because of Houston receivers winning me this week. 
in a, in a year where I thought I was going to have to tank and just, you know, look towards the next year. So uh, give me them all. Nice. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's go to the tight end position. Let's see on the leaderboard this week, TJ, some of the guys finally like said, get right this week. TJ Hawkinson got right with 25 points. Hunter Henry again. It's two weeks in a row. We got Hunter Henry. He is the number one tight end in fantasy, period. Right? 17 points this week. Bart Andrews with 15. Darren Waller back with 13. And Travis Kelsey made an appearance with 12. So that, that you know, again, okay points. Um, you know, again, the tight ends are all right, but give me a guy that stuck out to you in the leadership board, leadership board here, David. Uh, it's TJ Hawkinson. I mean, not only was he the number one this week, but again, he's in an offense that is going to have to keep up with the opponents. They're not playing good defense. And Kirk Cousins, for all the naysayers that, that you know have bad things to say about him, he's been a consistent top 10 quarterback uh, every year in fantasy. So, yeah, give me all the TJ. I have him in most of my leagues if I don't have Travis. Nice. Fantasy Jesus had him on uh, one of his segments. And man, if that guy don't look like Jesus himself. Chris, what do you say, my friend? Yeah, no, I mean, Augustine's a great pick. We talked about Cousins already. We talked about them throwing the ball. Hunter Henry is, I'm not, I'm not going to call him so much a surprise. Um, we know what New England likes to do with their tight ends. Uh, some guy named Gronk, if you ever heard of him, I don't know, he's pretty decent. And so now they, they, you know, if Belichick likes to use him and, and Mac Jones is afraid to use him. So you got a big, strong guy that can catch the ball. Uh, that's Hunter Henry. So I, maybe we didn't expect the production, the, the point values that we're getting uh, out of this. And of course, tight end position is touchdown dependent, but Hunter Henry is getting the touchdowns. I'm not ready to throw his name in uh, with Kelsey or Mandrews or even Hawkinson at this point, but he's probably right, right underneath there he's in that four or five spot for right now and uh he's had you know he earned it and i think it's somebody that is probably going to maintain it throughout the season just knowing the way new england plays yeah logan thomas as i was alluding to earlier was on his way to another big game he's been targeted a lot um if one for that injury um i think logan thomas would be right up there so he's somebody we're going to talk about in a minute on waivers but just someone i noted here he was up on the leaderboard just didn't make it high enough on the list all right so instead of talking leaders let's talk some flops can't you morons do anything right they did their best stops Still on the best uh, intro musics I think we have. All right, let's get to some notable flops this week. Let's go quarterback position first. Dak Prescott was 17th. Justin Fields, 20th. Joe, Joe Burrow, ooh, 21st. Tula, 26th. That was game script. We know what's up. Deshaun Watson was 27th. Trevor Lawrence, 32nd, dead last. And Derek Carr, how did he get 33rd? Who was better than Derek Carr this week? That wasn't even <laughs> it's insane. Chris, uh, give me some, uh, give me someone out of here that uh, that you took note of here as our flop this week. Well, obviously, Trevor Lawrence coming in at 32 uh, was something of note. I have a lot of shares. I have a lot of shares of Trevor Lawrence, and so I didn't see that coming. We'll see a rematch. We'll uh, see that happen again probably twice, um, and, and I don't think it'll come out like that. I, I, that was surprising to me, but the guy I want to concentrate on is Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson does not look good, and this is not the Pittsburgh fan of me. I watched the same game that you guys watched last night. The throws were bad. The throws were off. The reads were bad. Uh, the temper was bad. I saw him grab two face masks at the end and, you know, shove an official that somehow he didn't get a flag for. Uh, the look in his face is anger. It's frustration. And we know from white men can't jump that most people don't play well angry. And he just looks angry and frustrated and he's playing like it. And, you know, kudos to the Pittsburgh defense for keying on it and, and stepping up and doing what they needed to do to win that game. Cause the offense ain't doing them any favors, but Deshaun Watson, we wanted more. A lot of people draft him. A lot of people were expecting more. Honestly, I think it's a time. 
now's the time to get rid of him while you can, because especially with Chubb out and the way he played last night, I, I'm real worried for Cleveland fans. And, and again, that's not the Pittsburgh fan. It's what I saw last night. And you guys all watch the same thing. I'm just going to point out, I'm just going to say, I don't disagree, but I just want to point out a minute ago, you just said, it's week two. Right. All right, David. What do you think? <laughs> Listen, it's obvious the problem with with Deshaun. All right, he's too tight. He's not getting his massages, so you know he's 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 too tight. He's wound up. All right. Uh, I have zero shares of Deshaun, and I'm no. really glad about no. that through through week two anyway. Um, my my, I mean, the one that kills me on this list for me is definitely Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't see the Chiefs as a great defense. I don't see him as a bad defense, but not a great defense. And there's too many weapons there for Trevor Lawrence to be number 32. Uh, I have him in probably just about every league I could get him in. Uh, he was, I have him winning a Super Bowl in the next three years kind of hype uh, for Trevor Lawrence. So uh, hopefully for me, he could pick it back up. And of course, everybody's hoping Burrow uh, picks it up. But I think with Burrow, uh, we saw that last year, you know, no pre no preseason uh, at all, and he was slow the first couple of weeks. And we saw it in the second half where they start to pick it up. Uh, I'm actually more worried about one of our receivers coming up here, so we'll talk about that then. But and and I got to give an honorable mention, uh, if you will, if you, the, the, not that you want to be mentioned to to your boy Tua there, Jason. Um, but I do it also to give him a positive contrast. You know, Tua goes from number one down to 26. Uh, I think the biggest drop uh, this week was Tua in the rankings and, and game script. And again, like it is week two. I'm not necessarily worried about the guy, but the difference here is that Tua is still sixth in the league, whereas Lawrence is 23rd. Both those guys finished in the top 10 week one. After the week two disaster, um, you see, you know, where your game script, where your your um, production uh, really differed with the fall off again with Tua still maintaining that top 10 uh, overall and Lawrence dropping all the way to 23. Not to get all excited about Tua, but I'll just say one thing. That throw at the end of the first half to Braxton Berrios is what we call a dime drop. There is nowhere else he could put that ball. They get right there at the goal line, bro. It is America's team time, baby. All right, let's go to the running back position this week. Josh Jacobs, 25th, not too shabby, but not too good either. Javonta Williams, 30. Miles Sanders struggling at 31st. A.J. Dillon, this was a surprise against that Atlanta defense, who actually is pretty surprisingly okay. They, he was 33rd this week. Travis Etienne, 38. Damian Pierce, also been struggling, 42. Alexander Madison, been struggling, 48. Tyler Algier this week at 49. He had a big week last week. Reese Hall, number 69, and Dalvin Cook, 78, that vaunted jet run. But, again, winning against Cowboys D, so what are you going to say? All right, what do you think, David? Who stuck out to you here on the flops? I'd like to know where Najee Harris ended up. <laughs> That's true. I'd say maybe I didn't even see him because he was so far down the list. <laughs> Listen, Najee is falling so far, and it's just astonishing to me. And, and some of it you know, might be game script where you've been playing from behind in both games. But, I mean, he just – Jalen Warren looks more electric in that offense. Uh, I think the biggest surprise to me, although, again, it could be attributed to not much of a preseason because he was on holdout, is Josh Jacobs. Uh, Damian Pierce, they're they're throwing too much, and that's the, that's the problem there for him. Javante's coming off an injury. Some of these guys I had no faith in. I, I wasn't a Madison fan coming in. Uh, Algier is just frustrating. I did pick up a few shares of him because I wasn't as high on the Bijan train as everybody else. I was wrong. I admit that already. Um, I do have a few shares of them and I have some leagues where I have both of them on the same team. And now I'm just confused as to who to put in. I mean, I start Bijan every time, but do I even put Algier in, you know, they're deeper leagues, but. So it's right, one of those, he's going to get his carries. Algier's going to get his carries. Bijan's going to take that role. Uh, Algier's one of those sell guys, I think right now, sell them while you can. Um, Najee is uh 45 this week, 47 overall, by the way. Um, for me, the running back position, the guy that I am looking at, and you brought him up already, David, is Madison. And the reason I, he stands out to me is because, obviously, he's the number one guy. Minnesota put their faith in him. He's performed well in the absence of Cook. I, even I said there's no reason that he can't get the 1,300 yards that 
Cook used to get, it's not happening. And and it has to do with the with the game script that's getting dictated to Minnesota by their horrible defense, the fact that they have to throw the ball so much. Um, but he's also a pass catching back, and they're not really throwing it to him as well. Week one, he finishes 16. This week, he finishes at running back like 48. Yeah, uh, 28 yards on the ground, 11 yards receiving. I mean, those are not numbers, even with Minnesota playing from behind as much as they are. Those are not numbers for an RB1. And you have to wonder how long uh, Madison and Minnesota, uh, how long Minnesota is going to stick with Madison uh, putting up this kind of of output. Yeah, he's definitely struggling to say the least. Um, Receivers, Amari Cooper, 29th. Um, Tyreek, 32nd, Chris Olave, 33rd, Michael Pittman, 37th, Stephon Diggs, 37th, DK Metcalf, 39th, Jalen Waddle, 43, Chris Godwin, 51. These are all like guys that people were taking early. Jamar Chase, 61, Hopkins, 62, Ayuk, uh, he was injured, so my bad on that one. He was 65th, AJ Brown, 69th, Jahan Dotson, big struggle here, 80, 81st. Calvin Ridley, 82, and Romeo Dobbs, 83, just to name a few. David, I, I know you – I wanted to go to you first because you wanted to talk to you about your receiver. Go go right ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah, it's, it's Jamar Chase. Uh, T. Higgins in week one had – I think it was eight targets. He had no catches, but obviously that's who Joe Burrow is looking to. And then when they started looking good in the second half, he wasn't looking for Jamar. He was looking for T. Higgins, which is why T. Higgins is on you know the top five and Jamar Chase is way down in the 60s, and that worries me a little bit. Because uh, Chase is the one, you know, people were going, some people number one overall in their drafts for Jamar Chase. Uh, I think as far as Ayuk's injury, he'll be fine. Uh, he is playing the Giants this week, and they just made the Cardinals look like Super Bowl contenders. So he'll be all right. All right. What do you say, Chris? Yeah, my up? guys, my guys, Calvin Ridley dropping from six all the way down to 82. And it's not. Because, uh, you know, the lack of talent, it, what worries me from the fantasy perspective is that Christian Kurt got 11 targets this week, um, and, whereas Ridley got the eight last week. And so what I see here is a wide receiver by committee evolving, and that's obviously not what you want. You want both guys to eat. You want even targets across the board. And, you know, kudos to Jags. The, the Jag team and Jags fans for doing what they need to win and recognizing where they got the matchups. But from a fantasy perspective, it's only week two, but from a fantasy perspective, we're, we're getting in a Seattle Seahawks situation real quick. Is it going to be Metcalf? Is it going to be Lockett? But it's never going to be both of them because that's not what we want. That's not what we drafted this year. Right. hundred percent. The guy that sticks out to me a lot though, is Jahan Dotson. I mean, we came into this season I know I got a lot of shares of Jahan Dotson thinking, you know, hey, this guy's going to bust out right now. Just not looking good. But week one did struggled. Week two has struggled. Um, the offense, of course, in general has struggled, but um, they're playing good defense as a commanders, as a unit running the football. Um, Brian Robinson's big surprise. A lot of catches out of the backfield as well. Um, so a big surprise to me is Jahan Dotson. I'll just point out some of the tight ends because um, the R is what it is, really. Evan Ingram, 13th, just fell out of the top 12. Not not horrible. Um, still got you some okay points. Dalton Kincaid, he's 21st. He's been a kind of big disappointment. Um, Dalton Schultz, talk about a big disappointment. Um, he's 28th. Um, and all those targets, that little whittle Mike Kiseki got, he was still 29th little bitch um george kittle he was 31st <laughs> oh i'm sorry did i say that um Luke musgrave he actually was 34th as well that offense struggled dallas goddard 37th on the week um so there's some guys that have been struggling in the tight end position but you know as chris alluded to in his moron segment stop worrying about the tight end position yeah. all right yeah. let's go to the waiver wire waiver wire What is up, Facebook user? How's it going? All right, let's get to that waiver wire. Talk about some guys we want to pick up this week because we know you need it. All right, let's go on. Let's just go right to the running backs. 
you know, quarterbacks are what they are. Right now, people are hurting at the running back position. So let's just get real with it. Um, Chris, I'll just go to you first. Give me some – could be your number one waiver wire target if you got another guy. I mean, obviously, Jerome Ford is going to be on everyone's list. Um, but give me some other guys that you might be interested in as well. Look, you want other guys other than Ford? I'm sorry, I can't help you because there are no other guys except Ford. Look, smash Ford, spend your 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 freaking fab. Don't waste all of it. But if you need help, because he's going to be like, people are going to tell you about Cam Akers getting traded. People are going to tell you about Kareem Hunt coming back. He's not coming back. He left for a reason. But Ford is going to be the guy, and he earned it. I mean, they're going to run him. They're going to give him a chance to lose that job. And from what I saw last night, he is going to hold on to it. The Steelers defense, say what you want about their offense, but their defense last night was dialed in and they were ready to go. And Ford was still finding ground. He was finding holes. He was getting yards. Uh, he was doing good catching the ball. You got, might lose a little bit on the goal line with strong, but you're not going to lose a lot. Ford is the uh, running back pickup on the white wire this week you can also go over to the rams uh and and try and get kyron i seriously doubt he's out there and of course you can get yourself a short play at the chargers with eckler's backup as doc said it doesn't look like eckler's gonna be back there's no timetable so if you can grab him that might be a great pickup at the running back position as well do not grab gus edwards david i swear to god don't say gus edwards i'm not i say who you got Edwards. I'm going to say somebody who's not even on this list, and that's Tony Jones Jr. Uh, for the Saints. Uh, Jamal Williams is looking like he won't be back before Alvin Kamara, and that leaves, uh, I mean, all of the running back work in uh, New Orleans to somebody, and Tony Jones looked good and looked electric. Yeah, it was against Sneaky. the Panthers, but uh, he's been available. Every league where I went where Ford was there, Jones was there as well. And Ford, you're going to have to fight for. Jones, you can probably just sneak him on there for free. I like it. Yeah, I like it. That's the nice play this week to kind of get you through. I do like that. Zach Moss looked like he was getting all the love, so to speak, from that Colts offense. Now, Jonathan Taylor comes back in a couple of weeks. But for those who have Saquon. Does he? Uh, for a couple that's what weeks, I was going to say. Does he? Say again? Oh, yeah, that's true. Who knows? But right. um so another could be one of those buys that could turn into something later. Um, but, you know, again, if you have Saquon down, as we mentioned, Matt Breida's the backup, but why would you want to throw in Matt Breida against the 49ers? Doesn't make much sense. Gus Edwards we talked about earlier. Um, and Kareem Hunt, I threw in here as one of those guys that's out there right now, could land up on a squad, and it could be, as David mentioned, somebody you don't even have to use any fab or waiver wire status on. Just go ahead and grab him just in case he pops out. I've got him in multiple there. leagues. 100%. Yeah, never know. Never yeah. know. All right, let's go to the receivers. Um, Dave, we'll go to you. Give me a receiver that you're looking at this week. Uh, so I'm in a lot of deeper leagues, uh, and the only one that I can find available out of these ones listed, because everybody jumped on the Puka train last week, everybody mm -hmm. on with the Nico Collins, uh, is Josh Reynolds. Uh and I like it. We've seen a lot of a lot of receivers lately break out, and they where they look like a number one receiver. If you take away the actual number one receiver on that team, they go they you know they fall off like uh, Juju when he had AJ Brown, or not AJ Brown, uh, Anthony. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Allen Robinson. Uh, no, he's talking about uh, uh, Antonio. Brown. Antonio yeah. Oh, Antonio Brown, yeah. yeah. Juju looked like he was the number one receiver. You took him away from Antonio, and he fell back to his normal spot. But that's the situation that Reynolds finds himself in with Amon Ross St. Brown on the other side of the field. Uh, and this offense is plugging away at a, a pace where they can support two number one receivers. So Josh Reynolds is the one I was able to find on a, a few of them. And Amon, um, I wanted to bring up to Doc, suffering a little bit of turf toe, possibly. So could be something that hobbles him a little bit up. Josh Reynolds has been money two weeks in a row. Again, when you talk about fantasy, for me, it's about consistency. It doesn't get any more consistent than week one and week two, as we're in already doing two weeks. So, <laughs> All right, Chris, give me somebody else that you point out here. Yeah, uh, Josh Reynolds is obviously the, the guy I think – uh, that's actually available. But uh, my number two guy is Tank Dell uh, out of Houston because Houston, like we talked about, is playing from behind every single game. Uh, Stroud puts up the most yards this week, 384, almost 400 yards. Uh, ridiculous, even if it is against Indianapolis. Indianapolis does not have to 
the worst pass defense in the NFL. I'm not putting them in the best, but put 384 yards. But the interesting part, the thing that really kind of takes it home for me about Tank, uh, we know Nico Collins is a force. We know he's the guy. Nico Collins got nine targets, went seven of nine. Tank Dell got 10 targets. He went seven of 10. So uh, Stroud's definitely looking his way. If you like Nico Collins, then you have to like Tank Dell, and he's someone that you might be able to get this week. You won't yeah, be able to get him in any league that I'm in. I already have him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a smash on Josh Reynolds as well. Um, you know, how do you not like this offense? And especially if Amron um, is really dealing with a little bit of turf toe. I mean, I think that that's a smash to snag him in that high-powered offense easy all day. Tight ends, I'll just run through it. Basically, I mean, if Hunter Henry is out there, go grab him. I know Dolphins' defense is what it is. I mean, they've notoriously been bad against tight ends. Um, but, you know, again, it's consistency. We talked about it. Hunter Henry has been the most consistent tight end in fantasy, period, right now. So um, go, go snag him up. I'm not benching him. I'm not benching Travis Kelsey for him, but I definitely would snag him if I'm streaming tight ends. Zach Ertz, also, he's back in the mix. Trust me, he's been one of those fantasy guys um, that's been consistent, getting targeted. So Zach Ertz is another go-get. Logan Thomas, as I mentioned earlier, maybe not somebody for this week, but he's getting targeted a lot in this offense. He's had times where he's been fantasy relevant, unfortunately been hobbled by injury. So, you know, but again, not some, not too bad to take a snag on. I went through the list of weekly leaders, and you know your fourth or fifth guy is getting you very little bit of points. So um, take a stab at it. You never know somebody getting targeted a lot. You gotta like it. Let's go to some streaming D's for this week, Chris. I'll go to you. Give me a defense you want to stream and win this week. Uh it's gotta be the well, man. Because the Jets obviously are nice, uh, a nice matchup against the Patriots, but you got to be able to get them in order to stream them. And I don't think the Jets are going to be out there. So when we talk about a streaming defense, I'm trying to get guys, uh, uh, teams that are going to perform well. Of course, anybody playing Arizona, don't count what happened last week. The Giants defense is just really that bad. And so Arizona was taken be able to take advantage of that. So whoever's playing Arizona this week uh, is the Cowboys. You're not going to be able to stream that defense either. You want to play them. So a defense that you're going to be able to go out there and actually pick up uh, and play with this week. Uh, let's go with uh, maybe the Lions against the Falcons. I kind of like that matchup because the Lions are at home. The Lions don't have a fantastic defense. Um, and I also like the Titans. The Titans have a fantastic run defense. We know what just happened in Cleveland. It's going to be Watson forced to throw the ball. And from what I saw last night, that's not going to go well. Uh, so maybe streamable defenses, defenses you can actually find play for a week. I kind of like the Titans this week. I like that. I like that. David, who you like to stream this week? Uh, well, side note on the tight ends, uh, Zach Ertz, don't pick him up unless you're in a PPR league because while he's getting a lot of uh, volume, he's getting about a yard of target. So, uh, you know, if he's if you're in a PPR league, go for it. Otherwise, I'd leave him alone. Uh, as far as defenses, uh, mine really depends on Anthony Richardson. If he is out, the Ravens defense should uh, handle business there at home against the Colts for sure. Uh, and I might go – Especially if if two or if uh, Burrow really is as banged up as as people are saying, I might go with the Rams defense. Not a bad kid. Um, also, America's teams playing Russell Wilson and his struggles um, down there. I can foresee them struggling down there and it's nice and staying hot. And also a good streaming D this week. The Seahawks versus the Panthers. Again, that Panthers defense been struggling. Get them at home. Justin Herrera has joined us just in time. There he is. Thursday night breakdown. Justin Jesus Herrera, welcome into the studio, sir. Still working on some audio over How's there. How's it going, fellas? <laughs> there it's he is. Great, my friend. Thank you. Uh, welcome. Congratulations. Newly married. How's it feel, sir? Ah, congratulations. Uh, it feels. Uh, it feels like another day in paradise right now. Paradise meaning uh, <laughs> being a happily married man now. So. 
Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Thursday nearby. We understand. She must be watching. All right, let's get it started. <laughs> He's here for the right kind of reason. We got the Giants against his Niners. Uh, weather, 69 degrees, partly cloudy. Looks like going to be a nice night. The series is tied 21 to 21. The 49ers last won this matchup in 2020. 36 to 9. Ooh. Now, the, on defense, the uh, Giants, they're 16th against fantasy QBs, 19th versus running backs, 12th versus receivers, and 14th versus tight ends. On the 49ers side, they are 7th against fantasy QBs, 18th against running backs, 25th against receivers. I couldn't believe the stuff I was looking up. 11th versus tight ends. All right, so let's go around the room. Chris, talk about the matchup. Give me a, a winner and give me some guys you like during, uh, excuse me, for fantasy in the matchup. Yeah, the winner's easy, obviously. It's going to be the Niners. This is not any surprise to anybody. I'm sorry, Giants fans. Look, I, I feel your pain, but, you know, this is the Niners and they're playing well right now. And, and you're right. I mean, the Niners are tied third against the run, third best against the run, but they are 23rd against the pass right now. And that's something a lot of people are not looking at. Look, Puka was a guy that I knew I was going to play this week, despite it was San Francisco, because San Francisco has really struggled against a slot receiver. The good news here is that the Giants don't have any receivers, and now they could be without their running back as well. This is going to be all Niners. It's not going to be pretty. If you have a Niner, pick, go play him. Talk about waiver wire. Grab anybody in a Niners uniform that's going to hit the field and play him because they all got a shot to score a touchdown in this one. The Giants' defense is absolutely ridiculously horrible. Uh, on the other end, with that pass uh, um, weakness of the 49ers, despite the fact that the Giants don't have uh, uh, any receivers, I do still like Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones is your a super flex option for you, I do like playing Daniel Jones in this one. Number one quarterback this week, uh, up from 27, though. Uh, but I do like Daniel Jones on the other side of the ball. But Niners play them all. Chris, don't think I didn't catch that. It's not going to be pretty indeed. All right, David, what do you think out in this matchup? Give me a winner and guys you like uh, in the matchup. I'm sorry. Am I supposed to contribute something else? Because, I mean, I agreed with everything Chris said. But <laughs> there's not much else to hit. I mean, if even if Saquon's in, I don't really play him, uh, you know, coming off an injury and going against this defense. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, nobody on that. I'm not playing any Giants this week. Uh and I, yeah, I'm putting in everybody who's a starter at least, and maybe even some backups for San Fran. It, it's not going to be pretty. Well, he well he came in for it. Let him bring the hammer down. What do you think, Justin, for this matchup? Uh, yes, I'll, I'll agree with these guys right now. Um, I'll say this. Uh, the reason that the 49ers got exposed last week is because Sean McVay knows them very well and knows that the quick throws were going to work very well. I mean, listen – how many passes were for more than 10 yards? Not many. I mean, he went for quick slants. He went for quick digs, curls all damn day long. Puka Naku was great in that Cooper Cup role. And Cooper Cup always does really well against us, but he's lost the last nine matchups for a reason. And that's because they can't sustain it. Once the pressure gets there, Stafford flounders. Um, so on to this game, I do agree. I like Daniel Jones for the Giants. Here's the reason why. 49ers always struggle because they bring sometimes too much pressure, too much of that freaking chaotic energy to the pressure game to where they do kind of let running quarterbacks go a little bit. A lot of running quarterbacks have had some good games against this team. We're talking Lamar Jackson. We're talking Justin Fields. You know, I don't know if Daniel Jones is not any of those guys, but he has some traits to make something special. And without Saquon Barkley, he's going to have to tap into all of that. Plus, Brian Dable is not an idiot. He knows how to study tape, and he knows how to exploit a weakness in a defense. Um, as far as the Giants' offense, do not be surprised if Isaiah Hodgins is okay going forward. Um, he started to wake up this past game. He caught four balls, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Um, would not be surprised if he pulls a Josh Reynolds here, maybe gets like four to six catches and like 40-plus yards. Okay, start for a flex if you have him. Um, and then 
Darren Waller, I'd throw him in there. He looked really good against the Cardinals in the second half. And guess what? The tight end position is so shit right now that you could just use 10 points and you'd be just fine. So if you've got Darren Waller, do not sit him on your bench. Try him out there. Um, he is an elite receiver, receiving tight end. And Daniel Jones is going to be trying to pepper him all day long without Barkley. On the other side, I agree 100% with David. Put everybody in, even put the backups. Hear the word out of right now out of San Francisco is, is that Elijah Mitchell got no touches and Kyle Shanahan was kind of a little bit, you know, peeved off by that. He wanted to get Christian McCaffrey out of the game. He wants Elijah Mitchell in there. So this might be one of those rare games where DFS-wise, throw Elijah Mitchell in there because if the Niners blow him out, Elijah Mitchell is going to be getting a lot of touches. And Elijah Mitchell with the ball in his hands is a very explosive running back. He just does not last very long on the field. But you're damn sure going to get something out of him for that one game. Uh, also, if I'm a Brandon Ayuk owner right now, I am not looking good. I am thinking about an option that is outside of him because it looks like he probably will not be suiting up. He has a bad shoulder injury, and I don't think that they're going to want to test it against this New York Giants team. This looks like a game that they can win easily with Debo, some Kittle Love, and Christian McCaffrey. So I don't think they're going to be putting him out there and in harm's way. I think I just thought of something while you were talking, a little new segment we're going to call Justin's Niners Nuggets. I absolutely love it. N drop the hammer down. We are all going not even our guests are going Niners. So that yeah. you know we got it right. Now you know the Giants will win, right? No, yeah. night. All right. Well, before you guys go to bed tonight, you gotta put in those waiver wire requests. And you know, I know you got some names in mind, but the question you gotta ask yourself. Are they sophisticated enough? We're going to find out right now. Our boy, Angelo Duke, Mr. Mallard, Sophistication Station. Welcome to Sophistication Station. Hello, and welcome into another episode of Sophistication Station. My name is Angelo Duke, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard, and this week, we have, yet again, some more injuries that are going to affect who we are looking to pick up off the waiver wire to keep our teams as classy as possible. So we are going to start off with Adam Troutman. With Greg Dulcich hitting the IR in Denver, Adam Troutman's going to step to the forefront for a coach in Sean Payton that who he has played with before and should see some success and a good amount of targets from Russell Wilson in that offense. So Adam Troutman will be under 50% owned in your leagues. And all of these guys will be under 50% owned in ESPN leagues. So there should be a good chance they're available for you. Obviously, the big injury this week was Nick Chubb going down on Monday Night Football last night. That leaves Jerome Ford, who has already been announced as the lead back for this coming week. And I do think it's key that they say lead back and not just starting back because Jerome Ford really is the last option they have there. Uh, so otherwise, if they bring in a Kareem Hunt like that, expect Jerome Ford to get the lion's share of the carries. He will be the hottest waiver wire ad this week, so get ready to spend and get ready to get him quick. And then Rashid Shaheed is someone who just keeps getting involved through these first two weeks. Look for him down in New Orleans. We'll see if it is sustainable with Derek Carr quarterback, but right now he could be a sneaky fill-and-flex play for you. And then Marvin Mims, also in Denver, uh, with Troutman is just athletic. They're getting him the ball. He's a boomer bust, big play kind of guy. So you're going to get zero or you're going to get 10 plus, but he's the kind of guy that you might need to take a shot on and flex uh, to handle some upcoming bye weeks or injuries. And then someone who should be a more consistent flex play for you, maybe even approaching wide receiver three territory, would be Josh Reynolds in Detroit. He's the clear number two option for Jared Goff, and that offense wants to throw right now as they still work Jameer Gibbs into the fold. He's seen 13 targets through the first two weeks, and he's going to continue to be consistent for you if you get him. Stay classy, my friends. And once again, I am Andrew LaDuke, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard here on Sophistication Station. You know, Josh Reynolds, as sophisticated, looked like an 80s villain from one of those, like, 
maybe like Escape from L.A. movies. All right, let's go around Zed Room. Chris, where can we find, subscribe, get all your great content, my friend? Thank you for joining us tonight. Well, the best place to find it, of course, is at the Fantasy Sports Corporation. Go to their channel at the Fantasy SC on Twitter and find all my amazing stuff because that's all they do is amazing over there. If you just want to isolate my own stuff, you can look me up there at the bottom at that effing show. Uh, we have the channel at the same spot, Instagram, all the same places. And uh, we put out some nice stuff every Tuesday morning. We go live and review your fantasy weekend. Come join us sometime. We'll have a good, we'll have an effing good time. That's effing right. David, where can we find, subscribe, get your great stuff, and thank you again for joining us, sir. Uh, yeah, so we do uh, football card breaks over on Facebook at Genesis Fantasy or Genesis Card Breaks, and uh, any anything I post to uh, Twitter will be at Genesis underscore fantasy. Make sure you follow, subscribe. We're all David's great stuff. Justin, we know where we can find you all the time. And again, once again, congratulations Thanks, on sir. your successful marriage we appreciate you all right we're out of here don't forget tomorrow night we got a little champs or chumps going on it's on again we're going thursday night giants we got nikki coming back in representing the giants and our friend gina repping the bay for the 40 it's going to be a cat fight tomorrow night for judge jordan and then friday of course as usual we're going to break it on down for you and then on sunday of course Visit Fantasy Jesus, and we're going to wake up with us on Sunday. So get ready, guys. Get your waiver wire request in. We appreciate you, and we are out.